talking about that video game uh, sequel to The Last of Us. They'll take down your stream for that. That's a whole other long story. How do you have The Last of Us and then another one? It's called... It's apparently not The Last of Us. It's, it's, it's the other Last of Us. Yeah. How would that get you banned, mentioning a video game? You could show I, you I playing that fucking game. it would be more interesting game. if they called it The Rest of Us. God, I hate YouTube so much for their stupid fucking rules. They're matrix robots that scan the system and are like, we're going to ban you for this. The, yeah, the fucking YouTube sentinels, they just kind of crawl through like, you know. We're going to get on the Nebuchadnezzar and we're going to ban you. <laughs> it is. It's a shit show. Yeah. And they, they always have preferential treatment to like the bigger channels or the corporations over us little guys. So we we never had a chance. I, fuck it. When, when like massive celebrities are on YouTube, just like Instagram and Twitter, it just made it useless for everyone else they're bored they don't get enough attention so they're going to come in and, and take over this platform too yeah the the platform and, that's and made my for... channel's been suffering ever since so well even before that i didn't give a shit because it was just kids opening boxes of toys people playing video games which ironically you can't play last of us a uh, no. different sentence part two um, and then, so it's that or that, or it's, it's like weird, stupid videos. You remember those videos where it's like, and, um, it's just robots creating videos where it's like Elsa freezes up in a incredible Hulk. And it's just like those weird shit. And it's like, it's just created by some weird algorithm. YouTube has been fucking terrible for years. Uh, but it has, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's change subjects here. Agreed. <laughs> Um, is Amy still here? I don't know. She, she might've fallen asleep. Maybe she'll come back. We're live. Uh, she, if people hit the dinghy, ding the dinghy, then, then they'll get notifications that, that, uh, we're live. You know, you know, guys, this thing. Now I got that out of the way. Okay. We're back. I don't like being muted. I feel, I feel like I've, it might as well say your, your mic is neutered. That's the only time that's going to happen. <laughs> okay. At the very end of the show, after we wrap up, you can do that again. <laughs> or between shows. By then, I'll have forgotten about it. So let's go ahead and begin. Um, we like to begin wherever you go. Oh, the show started. So welcome to LIW Tales from the Crypt Review. I'm Phoenix West. I'm Adam Wilcox. <laughs> yes. Today, we watched uh, Tales from the Crypt 314 Yellow. And let's just say, uh, Adam, you've been on quite a few of these episodes of me. And as well as the one that you chose for Never Go Back, which I think is what we're calling this entire online series, right? Just for you, yes. on your side of the, of the, like of the program. Yeah. On my side, we're not calling it that. We're only doing Never Go Back when it's a different show, just because otherwise it gets confusing. Uh, the point is, though, um, you've been on a lot with me with these shows, with the, the Tales from the Crypt episodes. This is the first episode that wasn't fucking terrible. Yeah, surprisingly, it was actually good. To the point where we're sitting there and we're like, <clears throat> we did a live commentary episode. If you want to listen to those live commentary episodes, I release them on the channel for LIW Tales from the Crypt Review. Go to whatever podcatcher you have and, and, and download it there. But uh, So our live commentary will be released whenever this episode is, which is late in June, because we have a lot of episodes up until then. So if you're watching on YouTube, this is the only chance you really get to hear this until June, late June. I think the 26th, if I'm not mistaken. But a lot of the episodes are fucking terrible. They're boring. They're, they're I don't want to say predictable. They're just a How many drag. episodes have I watched with you so far? This is episode 11. You've been on five, I want to say. Something like that, yeah. Five? You, Sounds right. Yes. Something like Every single one of them have been, why did we watch this show again? What, what were we thinking? What? what what? To what? the point, and that's kind of what I'm wrapping around to, is to the point where that's why we started talking about, and you mentioned you should call the episodes, or to call the show Never Go Back, because we have not been satisfied by an episode of Tales from the Crypt until now. So, episode... It's awkward. It's an awkward feeling. I need an adult. <laughs> I don't know how to react to this. Because we both have memories. We haven't seen the show since the mid to late 90s, somewhere in there, and... And it kind of made us go, were we high when we were six? What the fuck? Or seven or eight or however the fuck old you were. You're older than me, obviously. But yeah, still, what's the, what's the excuse? 
And now we finally get to an episode, and we're like, oh, okay, it can be good. And it puts me in an awkward position because it's our very first live YouTube show. <laughs> and we're stuck with a, a Tales from the Crypt episode that's good, and a, and a Twilight Zone episode that is so fucking middle of the road, <laughs> you will never drive over it. It's, it's, it's impressive. So we're, <laughs> I don't know what to say for the next two hours of my life. I have no idea. The commentaries that we've been doing for these are like little mis- miniature mystery science theater episodes where we're just constantly ripping on every dumb decision, every bad costume change, bad lighting, just any dumb thing you can possibly things that we didn't talk about when we were kids. You know, like the- we're, we're, we're picking them apart, but we're usually picking them apart not just because we're assholes, but because we're bored. Yeah, and we bored just want on- something. We want something to do. We have to have fun with it. You know, the same reason you watch like The Room and you make fun of every bad decision made behind the making of that movie. You're you're doing those with Tales from the Crypt and you're wondering, how is this on for so many seasons in so many episodes? It's true Uh, because, I mean, we're on episode 11. This is our first quality episode. I really enjoyed this episode. So much so that we plan to air today on YouTube, on Adam's channel, channel Raiders of Lost Flicks. We plan to air at 10.15 Eastern. And we're looking at the clock after we ended, and we're like, how the fuck are we so late? I mean, we're <laughs> only like 15 minutes late, but we're like, ha. And I looked at the time clock on the episode. I go, oh, it's a 40-minute episode. I had no idea. Like, we didn't realize we're watching something that's an extra 15 minutes. It flew by. It felt shorter than on a dead man's chest, for sure. So this is season three, episode 14. So it, it, it can't really be a season finale, it can is. it? Or, it is. Is it? Was it a season yeah. finale? Okay. So this, this was the season finale of season three. And so far, you've been picking these at random out of a, a bingo ball, like the episodes that we watch. No. I mean, yes. But yeah. no as far as I'm not choosing them the the bingo ball hopper is yeah it, it, we, we randomly choose these and and we finally found one that not only did not suck but actually we were so engaged that we stopped making jokes we were like getting into the show like 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 really one there there it is right there there's the evil there's the evil bingo hopper that, this thing that, loves cartoons that that thing right there belongs in um, next to Annabelle. Friday the Thirteenth is series. <laughs> yeah. It belongs in, in 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 that vault where they hide all the uh, cursed goods. Yeah, I want to see this thing sitting next to Annabelle, and <laughs> uh, under a jar, you know. <laughs> and uh, I pulled the balls out earlier because if you remember on the last episode, I dropped That's a ball. What she said, "Do you remember when I dropped a ball and I never found it? Did the dog eat it? I searched my entire house." Under everything, behind everything, I removed furniture and I looked and I like looked down with a flashlight and I didn't find it. So I had to go up and pull up a fucking I'm missing O sixty two. So there's just a blank spot in the wall over here where O sixty two should be. But watch that be like the best episode too. Do you here's my here's what I was gonna ask you, the reason I brought it up. Do you think we should watch O sixty two next? Because that's what I pulled, technically. I don't know, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not gonna say no i'm not gonna say yes i will say it's not a cartoon episode it's not a uh pos episode uh perversions of science which is the most fitting acronym you can name pos so do you think we should watch that next because i'm kind of uh i'm not against it or we should that, or that, we should that, draw a little bingo ball it's gonna like come up one of these days it's gonna like start giggling and then just chase <laughs> you around the house you know yeah it's just gonna appear next to me like the fucking grudge just gonna be in my hair when I'm, when I'm showering I think we should draw one from here just so I can do that live on the show for the first time but we'll pick one later but let's get into today's episode um, directed by Robert Zemeckis written by five different people uh, even though one's just a creator uh, but the main main writer was A.L. Katz, whoever the fuck that is. But Robert Zemeckis. We previously had an episode called On a Dead Man's Chest, directed by William Friedkin, who did, like, you know, French Connection and uh, Exorcist and a ton of great movies. And that episode fucking sucked. Today we did a Robert Zemeckis episode, who did a lot of them, and he's one of the pr- producers of the show. 
And it was, it felt like a short film that was created much like uh, Twilight Zone had a, uh, what the fuck is that episode called in season five? We're going to get to it shortly. Um, Bridge, it's a French short. Why can't I think of the name of it right now? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It felt like a short film that was turned into an episode. And we're kind of like, I mean, 10 minutes in, we're kind of watching it. And I was like, oh, we're not talking. Like during our commentary episode. And that's a good sign, really. It means we're enjoying it, at least. You could have probably stretched this into a two-hour episode had you added, like, a couple of plot twists, maybe some side quests and things like that. But I think it works better at the length than it is. Yeah, it's 40 minutes, and it felt like it felt like a normal episode, which is 23, 24. Yeah, I was going to say, most of these episodes have been, like, what, like just a little under half an hour to allow for commercials? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they might be 30 minutes. I don't know, because they're on HBO. There's no commercials, but... Who knows how long they normally are, but this one's 40 minutes, and it flew by. Like, we didn't even notice the length. And when I think of Twilight Zone episodes that are an hour, or other shows like that, those fucking drag. And you're just sitting there like, ah, oh, there's so... You can tell, this, like, is filler, oh, this is filler, cut this, ones. cut this scene, why is this here? He's just walking to his car. Why are we showing this like a, like a 70s B-movie? We're just walking to a car, and they're going to drive away. And you're going to watch them drive the whole way, and you're just like, oh, there's so much and filler. And if it's a 70s B-movie, you have to zoom in real fast on the car, and then zoom real fast out. And some <laughs> stupid music's playing, and there's just like and got that shit little, going through the screen. That little disco music in the background. Yeah, you get that shit going on. But this one just flew by. And it, the main story is Kirk Douglas is, I don't remember his position in the Army. I don't fucking care. It's World War One. 1918 uh they're they're in france somewhere in france as the episode says so anywhere in that country and they're trying i don't I, what are they trying to do there adam are they just trying to move across france I, I think yeah they're just trying to move the the front you know like they're just they're pinned down by the germans if, if memory serves me correctly this is where frank's war knowledge would have come in a little little uh little better, but uh, Frank is lost in the actual Twilight Zone, so he will not be here. Yeah, but Frank would talk about 45 minutes worth, and we get three, well, we would know three seconds worth of knowledge. World War I, at least. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Frank is not with us today. He's he's dead. Frank died. <laughs> oh, uh, let's say... Oh, Frank's here. Oh, he's in the chat. Great. How you doing, Frank? This is weird doing a live show. Um... Yeah, they're, they're trying to get across France, and somewhere in France, who knows where. And then his son, his so Kirk Douglas is the commander, or the fuck he is, and his real-life yeah. son, Eric Douglas, is playing his in-character son, who's like a, like a leader of his men. Sergeant, and, some kind of sergeant. Yeah, and, and Lance Hendricks is like... So Kirk Douglas's two right-hand men are Lance Hendricks and Dan Aykroyd, of all people. And they're just kind of like, yeah, he heard all that. Good. Good, Frank. I hope you heard all of it and took it to heart. No, uh, I assume you're going to hear this. <laughs> so his two right-hand men, one of them's a fucking Ghostbuster, my least favorite Ghostbuster. And they're kind of saying, oh, tell him about your son. And he's like, okay. So Lance Hendricks has to go, your son, he's yellow. He's yellow. He's a coward. While smoking a fucking cigarette. And smoke is coming out of his mouth even when he's not smoking. That's how much that man smokes. It's impressive, like residual smoke. He is made of cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. But there's really no plot here to discuss. I feel like we could zip through the plot in like four minutes. So should we do that, do you think? Yes. Okay, let's just go through. I think it's important to to arrive, get through the plot, and then we'll we'll describe why we liked it. Yeah, let's. I guess we'll just zip through the plot and then we'll talk about it scene by scene or whatever we think is funny. Um, he they show a scene where they're gonna uh, Eric Eric Douglas is gonna bring his men out there. He's gonna they're gonna go find something. I don't know exactly. Kind of what I mentioned. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but you kind of get the idea when you're watching it. the The special effects are pretty good. They spent some money in this actual ep- in this episode for once. Looks like they spent quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like crazy good looking, but you're like, oh, this is TV. This looks really fucking good for TV. 
There was quite a few extras, I noticed. In yeah. 91 for TV? Holy shit. Yeah. It's really movie good. movie quality for TV. Yeah. They're running across the battlefield at night. Uh, they, make, they make Eric, I don't know, his, I don't remember his character name, Lieutenant Martin Calthrop. I'm going to go ahead and call him Eric Douglas from now on. They make him stay behind, and they're like, blow the whistle or make a noise when you, when you see the Germans, okay? And then we see our, his soldiers run along. They uh, you know, dump into a trench somewhere. We see that Eric sees the Germans coming out, and he just sits there. And he's just like, huh, huh, and he doesn't, doesn't do anything. And all of a sudden, they get, you hear like grenades going off and explosions. And then Lance Hendricks comes back, and he's just like holding his guts in. And he's like all bloody, and his spine's all shot to shit. Literally holding his guts in with his helmet. It Not was, yet. It was pretty. We'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Right now, he's just his spine is exposed. Like you shouldn't see someone's spine. This guy, you can just you can check his vertebrae from in there. Like, oh, this one a little pinched. But he's like, you fucking coward! You're so yellow. You should have blown the whistle. What the fuck, dude? Oh, come on! I had a better chance than alien. Oh god. I'm pretty sure at one point I saw cigarettes falling out of Lance Hendrickson. Yeah, he was. He was. It came out of his nose. It was weird. Like he stored them, like he squirreled them away in his nose for later. It was weird. <laughs> he had an extra pack of cigarettes right on his spine, just right there. Just. Yeah, it, like duct tape to it, like John McClane, <laughs> like <laughs> with, the, with the Santa Claus <laughs> tape. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh, he dies. I thought he was dead, and then uh, apparently Eric ran back to his daddy and was like, "Daddy, I." They're all dead, but I killed so many Germans. I killed those fuckers good. I killed them so good, Daddy. Aren't you proud? He's like, stop calling me Daddy in such a weird way, you freak. This is why I prefer Michael. Typical 12-year-old Call of Duty player. (laughs) And then, were you camping? You're a camping noob, aren't you, bitch? Using the noob tube. (laughs) (laughs) He holds up a handgun. He's just like like a fucking six-shooter. He's like, I shot all the Germans. I killed them all. And you're like, dude, you have a... You have a handgun. I killed all 12 of them with these six <laughs> yeah. bullets right here. He, he didn't even think enough. There's a movie called uh, the Ver- A Very Long Engagement where the guy wants to get out of, the, of World War II, so he shoots his own hand off, I think. And he's thinking kind of what would reveal it to be true, and he, like, he, he kind of covers his own crime, but also some guy sees it, kind of ruins it. But he thought ahead, and this guy... Doesn't even think to shoot some fucking random bullets in the air to make the gun warm, to make it look like it was fired, to have the gun, you know, the, the, make it look like it was shot. It's something. You can, and he, it, so not uh, only he's is he so yellow, fucking he's dumb. fucking stupid, too. He, he's so yellow, he's scared to shoot his own gun into the air. That's how fucking yellow this guy is. He comes back, tells daddy, I shot the Germans, I shot the Germans. They're all dead. I shot the whole country of Germany. There's no more Nazis. What's this, what's this march right into Berlin? We're fine. And then Lance Hendricks comes in, and this is what you mentioned. He's literally holding his guts in with a, with a fucking helmet. And he's just like, this fucking guy sucks. Your son sucks, dude. He got me killed. Oh, he didn't even blow the whistle. He's, he's yellow. He's yeah. And he falls back. He lets the helmet go, and his bacon pours out of his stomach. It looked like strips of bacon literally, just hanging yeah. down. It looked like he, he, he dropped like his whole, like the, the entire haul from uh, the Cattleman's Meat Market. It's disgusting. It's, it's, it's very stringy. It was like a Day of the Dead. And he's just yeah. like, oh, he sucks. And he falls over. And uh, Kirk Douglas is like, is this true? Is this true? Are you a coward? And he's like, no, I shot all the Germans. Like all of them. There's 63 of them. And I had six bullets. And I just like waited for them to line up. <laughs> And the bullet would go through like 12 of them at a time. It was crazy. However, Lance Hendrickson literally and metaphorically spilled his guts to the general. His dying words is, your son is a fucking piece of shit. Not those exact words, but that's what he decided to use his last breath was to say, your son is a yellow piece of shit. Yeah, what he tries, (laughs) what he actually says, or what he's about to say, you could tell is, your son's, your son is, yeah, yeah. Your son is uh, Tales from the Crypt episode 314 yellow. And he dies. HBO. <laughs> uh, HBO Thursday nights at 8, 8 p.m. Uh, he's turned. <laughs> then he dies. And then he, Kirk Douglas grabs his gun. He's like looking at it. He's like, this has never been fired. Ever. Ever. <laughs> this thing is like right off the factory floor. 
I don't believe that this thing has ever seen the light of day, actually. I think it's been in the holster when you've been in the sun. What, what would have been great is if Kurt Douglas would have just looked down the barrel of the gun like this and said, oh, <laughs> use the prop to, to, to reenact the scene here. I'm going to fill this with whiskey and then drink out of your barrel because it's so fucking clean. Okay, so, um, yeah, according to this thing here, you did not fire any of the bullets. <laughs> my eye! Oh, my son is yellow! <sighs> my son is yellow! Oh, no. I love my dead yellow son. <laughs> so then he he does a... Okay, I'll just, I'll just say it. He sentences his child to be court-martialed for uh, cowardice. Uh, which carries a sentence of death. And then his son freaks out. Oh, I, we missed a scene earlier where the kid was like, I want onto this army. Like, I do not want to fucking be here. Why am I here? I am a coward. Why am I here? Please get me the fuck out of here. It's in your power. And he's like, it's not within my power. So where did he establish he does not want to be here at all? Not at all. He wasn't supposed to work today. Yeah. <laughs> he's Dante from Clerks. I'm not, not supposed, supposed to, to be, be here. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be in this war today. But whatever. He plays hockey on the roof, and then he fucks off. But Kirk Douglas sentences him to a court-martial, and then the next scene is our, the court-martial scene, which is a minute, two minutes. They actually have a ceremony yeah. in the court-martial. <laughs> Nobody votes on anything. It's just the guy sits there, and, yep, you've been found guilty. And I'm like... Couldn't you have just bypassed all? No, no, procedures are important. We we have to, like, I assume that you're in France, you're on the front lines, but we have plenty of time to pause the war, get all of your researches, first have the ceremony to find your son guilty. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they didn't deliberate. It wasn't 12 angry men. It was just, no, nope, he's, he's guilty. No, it was, it was 15 call men having a dinner, and that's the excuse, like, Let's, let's have a court-martial, therefore we can get the good meat. Like, let's eat the dead soldiers. <laughs> we can and, open up the, the sea tins. <laughs> yeah. The buffet of dead soldiers is, is open. And they, they seem like they're just like eating grapes, not so much judging a uh, human life from one of their own. Because he's like, you've been, I found you, uh, you know, you're having a court-martial for cowardice, and therefore tomorrow you'll be executed. And I'm like, Are, isn't this a court court Court, court being the key word of court martial. Oh, you just found them. Get, okay, there's yeah, no. He, he didn't lawyer up. He didn't have any defense. Yeah. There was no, you know, none of that shit. No jury, no deliberation, no judge. No Kevin Bacon, you know, no Jack Nicholson. None of that. This is terrifying world to live in, where the guy goes, "I want to sentence you to something. I, I feel like you're guilty of a crime. Therefore, executed in the morning. That was a good trial, wasn't it?" And you're like, "That wasn't a trial. What?" <laughs> like. Oh, this is so unfair. This is more like a Twilight episode. Yeah, it's almost like a Patriot Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. So you lose the Giants twice, or the Eagles once, and uh, everyone's happy. Yeah. And, and therefore, he gets executed tomorrow morning. And then we see Eric, little Eric Douglas sitting there crying. He missed a war episode, Frank. Yes, you did miss a war episode, and it was a fucking great one. And we're trying to get through the plot. I'm, I'm trying. He, in the next day, or the later on that night, who cares about when it is, uh, Eric's, Eric uh, Douglas is sitting there, and he's, it's really fucking cool looking shot. It looks like a scene out of Exorcist 3, which I love. And he's sitting there, and he's just like talking to his dad, and they're having a little one-on-one -on -one conversation. He's like, you're going to execute me in the morning. That's, you know, how, how do you do it to your own son? I don't want to be here. I want to leave. Why are you doing this? I'm not, I'm not a coward. Um, and Kirk Douglas is like, yeah, you are, bitch. You're my least favorite son. My other son was in a ton of great movies. What the fuck are you doing here? Doing a Michael impression. What the fuck? You're not even Emilio Estevez. You look like you look more like an Estevez than a, than a Douglas. Let's, you look let's... more like a Joe Estevez. Yeah. yeah, he he looks like the love child of Joe Estevez, Michael Douglas, not even Kirk. Uh, and Brundlefly, yeah, yeah, he just looks like the uh, some sort of anagram of all of them in DNA form and spit out and shat into the earth. <laughs> he's just a hybrid of the eighties. Yeah, he might be in a bunch of stuff, and I have no idea, and I don't care. He wasn't bad. What's to say he was pretty good in the episode, actually? Yeah, 
Yeah, that's that's one thing I want, would like to mention right off. I don't think there was a bad performance out of anyone. No. Even Dan Aykroyd was playing a straight man. Like, yeah. He was committed to this. Yeah, he, he was great. He wasn't distracting like I thought he would be. When I saw his name in the credits in the beginning, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. He's going to talk about aliens and 9-11. He's going yeah, to try to sell us some crystal Fucking vodka. Stupid or, vodka. There's no glycol in this. Yeah, I get it, dude. You're, his vodka's good. It's pretty good. But make, make, make some 1918 ghost references <laughs> to symmetrical book stackings or, you know. Hey, Kirk, you want to read my 973-page version of Ghostbusters 3? They meet the Blues Brothers. It's going to be awesome, brother. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, God. For some reason... Yeah. Nobody else in Ghostbusters will call me back about it. John Lannis won't refer my phone calls. He won't return anything. Even Jim Belushi won't do it. He wiped his ass with it and sent it back in the mail. It's the exact same copy I sent him. What a dick. Please, Kirk Douglas, please work with me. I, no, I, I have nothing against uh, Dan Aykroyd. I just think he's a fucking crazy person. We're, we're kidding. We're, we're like, like I said, this, when it's a good episode, it's really hard to find things to make fun of. We're, we're, we're reaching here. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to draw tomorrow or next reaching week's episode. Reaching in there. <laughs> and then uh, he tells his son, I'm going to go ahead and stuff all of the guns with blank bullets. Therefore, you're blank shells. You're not going to get shot. I want you to look like a fucking man. Be a fucking man. Just face it, knowing you're going to pretend to die after they pretend to, you know, after they fake shoot you. You're going to fall over, act dead, and then I'll smuggle you out of here. We'll get you food. We'll get you out of here. No big deal. At which point, uh, part of the reason we, we kind of predicted what would happen was why would you go through all this? You could have just not done this. If you really, so that was kind of a tip off that he was going to do that. What he does, which I'll get to in a minute, is you could have just not court martialed your son. And that'd be the end of it. It'd be way less stress on yourself. Right? Well, the only thing I can think of, just, just like being ex-military myself, had the general done that, then he, he would have lost his the respect of his men. You fucking you know demote I mean? it's, him. It's like, it's like if something's got to, you know, you look like a hard ass when you're willing to put duty above your own family. Exactly. But I'm saying that tips you off. To the fact that he really is going to execute his son. Yeah, yeah, that that was kind of a huge clue. Because uh, everyone has acknowledged the fact that he is yellow, and he goes, "I know." And like, okay, my son's yellow, and he seems like a guy that's like willing to ignore it, like the like the fucking actor who has the drug-addled son. Like, if you're an actor's child, you're going to die of a heroin overdose like eighty-seven percent of the time. I'm amazed both of these Douglas brothers live this long, honestly. Or anybody from the Partridge family. Yeah, it, it doesn't end well if you're an actor's son. Look at every fucking actor. I just looked into Eric Douglas. He died 16 years ago at age 46. Shit. Yeah. He just turned 46. <laughs> he, he died, let's see, of what? Accidental drunk overdose. Holy fucking shit, I called it. Oh my God, I did not know that till right now. Oh, that's fucking creepy. I man. just proved my that, fucking point, whoa, though. Oh, that is fucking creepy. I swear to God, I did not know that. It happens all the time with actors' kids, though. They die of drug overdoses. Oof. Man, yeah. what are the fucking odds of that? Living in dad's footsteps. This was probably his, his reward for getting out of rehab the first time he was getting this episode. He died 13 years after this episode at age 46. That is fucking crazy. That is a, he, he's a little too old to die of a drug overdose and not be in a band. Right? That's a weird age to die of a drug overdose. I don't think Dan Aykroyd is a lizard person, but I think he <laughs> might know a few. Frank just said a he's, a, he's a lizard person. Yeah, he might know a few. I f he feels like a guy that definitely believes in lizard people, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, oh. he, he knows a few, has their address, you know, uh, exchanges emails with them, you know. He talks to Alec Jones about the lizard people and what oils they can take to, to get rid of them. Has a couple of them on speed dial. Yeah. They're both fucking crazy people, to say that. But I really didn't know about Eric Douglas, and now that makes a lot of sense, actually. That's really creepy that you told me that. Yeah. I, I did not know that, and I'm, I'm glad that you went the extra length to look that up, because now that I know that, that's like the jet because that's the only thing I was going to say about this episode. It's not scary. Not saying it has to be, but what you just told me 
is actually scary. It's like actual fact that that's pretty creepy shit. Yeah. Especially right after I said that. And that's exactly how he died. <laughs> like as soon as you told me, I like I felt a couple of hairs stand up on my neck. No bullshit. Yeah, yeah. He uh he's he's good in this episode. It makes you wonder like like he might be in a bunch of other stuff. I, I could look at and do it, but I'm not going to. The point is I don't recognize him. He clearly looks like a Douglas though. Yes. He has the exact same mouth and the same smile and he he kind of grunts through his teeth a lot and just like the Douglases and I liked watching him. I wish I, I you know, I wish that didn't happen obviously because he's enjoyable. Yeah. Michael you know Douglas. You know the guy can act. I mean, he's got a good coach, his dad, you know. Yeah. So. It's like the Fondas. I, like I really love the you know, the Papa Fonda. I yep. love him. Peter Fonda? Yeah, Peter Fonda's no. No. <laughs> Henry. Henry. Henry Fonda's the great one. I was just trying to trip you up. And then Peter Fonda is the fucking hippie brother. And then we got From Easy Rider. Yeah. Yeah. And he just died recently too. And yeah. we got Jane Fonda who's, you know Hot. Who's just uh like against everything in the seventies yeah. and sixties and seventies, and then she's just a fucking wreck. And then we have Bridget Fonda come along way later. She's hot too. And she just fucking vanished as well. I have no idea where she is. They they seem like they're all fucking weird underground people. I have no idea where the hell they, they they're went. Probably, they might actually be lizard people. They could be. You could convince me the Fondas are lizard people, except for Henry. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if I if we found out that the Fondas were lizard people. But now we know that lizard people that do have a weakness for drugs. So yeah. So there's a lot of going lot going on there with those families. Uh, let's just move on though, because I want to talk about Hollywood families all night because it gets fucking weird. It's a downward spiral. <laughs> I don't go down that road. But uh, so it seems like at this point we called it. Uh, one of two things is going to happen. He's really going to kill his kid, and he wants him to face it like a man. Or they're setting up a twist ending where he puts in fake bullets and something goes wrong, and he kills him, and, and he's heartbroken. Kirk Douglas we, is heartbroken. We agreed. We both came to the agreement that either way, he's dead. <laughs> this like, fucking... This, 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 Eric's this dead. This guy's going to die. It's just a matter of how. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, honestly, the next scene is just his, his execution where he faces it like a man... He refuses a cigarette, and he refuses a blindfold, and he takes a little thing out of a flask, puts it back in his coat, and then he puts it in there, and then we saw Kirk Douglas loading the bullets and the rifles, and then, you know, Dan Aykroyd gives a little sword call, and I was like, you know, fire. Fires the bullets, and then, holy shit, two bullets hit him in the chest. One on the left, one on the right. I don't know what asshole shot him in the right side of the chest. <laughs> that would take Didn't so long to kill him. did you earlier that, that two of the bullets were going to be um, real, and then like all the other bullets were, were fake? Or something to that effect? I remember him saying something about, I, I was just trying to listen, and it said something about, he says, you have to guess which two bullets are actually real, because they, they use two bullets so that the soldiers don't know that they're all blanks. I always assumed like it was just one bullet that was real. That's what I always heard, but who knows? Okay, he did, yeah, he did I, say I, I that, thought, though. I think it was two, but yeah, it, he was surprised when, when two both went into him. Yeah, He wasn't surprised when two went into him, because right as he called Dan Aykroyd's like, fire! They look over, and we see Kirk Douglas look away. And then Eric Douglas is like, oh, you fucker, <laughs> like, you son of a bitch. After he apologized for being yellow and, and faced his death with dignity and, you know, said, apologized to his father. There's like a big speech. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no longer afraid. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm going to face my executioner like a man and all this. Kind of, exactly. Yeah. And then he gets shot in the right side of the chest and, and the left side of the chest. But I was just like, what guy was aiming for the right side of his chest where the heart is not? Like, maybe, maybe lizard people have two hearts. Is that you what it to, is? You have to shoot both <laughs> hearts to the kill right him. Right side yeah. of the chest, lizard heart. He's going for that. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd pulled a gun and shot him there. Get his lizard heart! <laughs> That'll get him. But uh, and, and pour the crystal skull vodka on his, on his, <laughs> on his fucking chest. That'll, that'll get him. No glycol. Go right to his soul. <laughs> but uh, he fucking falls over into like, this ditch with a bunch of like mummy looking dead bodies apparently they look like they're wrapped up dead dudes uh covered in lie yeah exactly and they shot him so hard and so well he flew out of his shoes yeah that was a nice touch that was a really <laughs> nice touch that's the part where i put my hands up in the air and i'm like robert zemeckis <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> just just wow you know like, and like, it made sense too because they removed his belt and they removed his shoelaces he mentioned that 
So it made sense that he just flew out of his shoes because they weren't tied to his feet. They're like this loose. When boots are on without a lace, they are loose as hell. Like there's nothing Kick holding right off or walk right out of them. Yeah. Exactly. So it made sense. So we're just like, that's what we called would happen. But wow, that was fucking awesome. Like that was great. We, we were hanging on. Like we're like, this is getting tense. That's usually the part where we're like, fuck this episode. Just just get it over with. God damn it. Or or here's the part where they're gonna do something really stupid just wait for it right now and then we're like if they go either this way or that way i don't care yeah like i'm fine with this that this is this is a nice story i like this story exactly because at that point it had built up enough goodness and quality that to the point where you're like you do what you got to do episode i'm just here as as an observer but compared to I don't know what episode you want to bring up. Any of the previous ones, the fucking voodoo one. Any one of those voodoo bullshit ones, Ma- mystical, magical, video, voodoo bullshit device to to carry the plot. Yeah, exactly. In that voodoo one, we're just kind of like, it doesn't matter how you end. I'm gonna hate you regardless. It, like, it doesn't matter right. what you do because you're just gonna bring in some bullshit magic to to make things happen. So that we go, ooh, voodoo magic that clearly nobody knows anything about. And it's, it's exactly like early plot armor, you know, because it was at that point, it seems more like an M night Shyamalan movie where it's, it's the twist over the content of the actual production up until the twist. So you're just going, Oh, this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. Oh my God. A twist. That was great. Uh, that, that was, uh, you know, that was awful. That was awful. But this <laughs> yeah. one we're going, this is fucking great. This is fucking great. I don't care what they do at this point. We were we were surprised because I'm like uh, Phoenix. We're like 75 percent of the way through this, and I'm still like into it. Like I, I didn't even want to talk anymore. I just wanted to like finish watching the episode. I'm like, okay, I'm engaged. I'm engaged. What is going on? Am I still watching Tales from the Crypt? I had to convince myself that I'm still watching Tales from the Crypt because all of the ones that I've watched have been bad. I mean, really bad. Some of them. Kind of good, but all of them definitely bad. I enjoyed one third of Halfway Horrible, which is really upsetting. Compared to the probably title. the same part that I was enjoying too. Like, like it started off good. Like it, it the had first a good third start. And, yeah, it was a good wind up, and then once you realized it was just oh, we're doing uh, Psycho. A, a couple right. scenes. No, no, that was that was not the Psycho one. That was the Voodoo one. Oh, okay. See, but I'm that, getting them mixed up now. The yeah. first third of the Halfway Horrible, the Voodoo one, was fine. We're okay. like, because Clancy Brown, I love him, and he's doing stuff, and you're kind of like, okay, where's it going? And then they start introducing the voodoo shit. And, I, and that that was uh, one of the things that I was I was telling you because like I think I think by by season three they were they were uh, just putting actors in these episodes just to like make us interested because like well we know we can't fucking write so we'll just get whoever the hot actors are at the time throw them in there and you'll watch just because they're going to show up in this episode. It makes you wonder because the. The show is based on a comic book. How do they not know how it's going to go? How do they not know how it's going to be terrible? How do you not fix that? So many questions I have in real time when they have years to prepare for these. It makes you wonder, how do they still fuck it up? Like the Walking Dead show. How do you fuck that up? It's written down. <laughs> Stop following the comic. It's great already. Follow the fucking comic and shut the fuck up. Stop doing your own thing. It's already written and the people already fucking love it. Shut the fuck up. Write your own. Write the comic. How long was Tales from the Crypt a comic book? Do you happen to know? Oh, I have no idea. I, I don't. Know I don't know much about EC Comics. I really don't. This uh, the whole reason I wanted to do this show uh, for podcast is to discover it. So I'll look yeah. into it at some point. This is this yeah. is me well, discovering I'm, I'm this not, in real time. I, after this one, I'm not going to be quite as as hesitant to go through it as I was before. You know what I mean? Because I'm just like, oh, Tales from the Crypt. I didn't even want to put it on the thumbnail. My, my, I was like, let's just yeah. let's just make this Twilight Zone. Yeah, my girlfriend was like, I was telling her about all the episodes we'd done, one through ten, and she's like, oh, I want to watch an episode. I'm like, I don't want to do that to you. And she's like, no, I want to watch it's, it. I'm like, you're not going to feel you? good about yourself because it's not good. Like, I don't, I don't know how much she would get out of this episode. I'm sure she'd like it, but you know, if we just picked one out of a hat or a fucking bingo hopper and we watched a real episode, bingo hopper. not a not a cartoon episode. I don't know. I wouldn't feel confident uh, confident enough to go, you're going to like this show. Because if you ask both of us before this, we talked about this in the last episode we both did together. If someone were to 
ask, should I watch Tales from the Crypt? I think we both go, do you like shitty movies? Do you like shitty shows? Do you like, do you appreciate things that are made and they're not quality? Do you, do you get enjoyment out of watching a B movie? And if the answer is yes, I go, yeah, go ahead and watch Tales from the Crypt then. But if they're like, no, not really, I go, oh, don't watch it then. What are you thinking? Like, no, I, you see the HBO on there and you're like, oh, I love all HBO shows, but. Do, and it's like B movies with A list actors too. That's that's the other surprise. But but this episode here was uh, Robert Zemeckis was like, no fuck that. I'm making something good. I don't care who you are, HBO. I'm doing this shit my way. And this is this episode shows exactly what they should have been doing the entire time. And we don't know if there's episodes that are like this. We don't know if they stray away from the the bullshit horror. There's no horror in this episode. This is a war episode. That features a family dispute settled through a court martial where he shoots his own child. And because he shoots him and he goes, my son died with dignity. He was brave. And that's where the fucking episode ends. He shoots his own son in the chest. And you're not like, that was spooky. You're just like, oh my God. <laughs> like this guy's yeah, willing it's, to it's do like, anything. No bullshit, no epilogue, no nothing. I, and I liked where it ended. I, I think that was right where it needed to be. Like, I think right, it's... Right with the, the shot of the boots just sitting there. Yeah. Perfect ending. I really do think it was a perfect ending to what they had set up. Yep. It was great. I really, really enjoyed this episode. It has an 8.3 on IMDb. Oh, okay. I'm hey, going to give it a 9. For, for the people that are new to my channel, well, like uh, new to your show, you should probably tell people what other stuff Robert Zemeckis directed because you and I are like into directors, but not everybody always keeps up with that. So. Other shows are Robert Zemeckis directed. Well, I have a complicated relationship with Robert Zemeckis. Um, he directed two of my favorite movies, Back to the Future 1 and 2. He also did three. Um, that tells you what three's like. He directed a movie that shall not be named, that won Best Picture in 1994, over The Shawshank Redemption, which features a mentally retarded man going on adventures. And it it won over literally my favorite movie. And he also directed Contact. I, I, he directed that, right? I don't remember if he directed Contact. Did he produce? I, I, I went to go see Contact. He did. He I did. I hated that fucking movie. I hated that Jody movie. Jodie Foster sits in a little booth and <sighs> thinks about going to space and meeting her dad and all this shit. And then Matthew McConaughey smokes a lot of pot in the set. And then <sighs> she comes back and goes, oh, I didn't go anywhere. And that's where it ends. It, yeah. It's it's like trying to set up something intellectual and then just kind of forgets what it's trying to do about halfway through and has nothing else to offer. He also directed uh, a few other movies I love, which is Used Cars. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. That's, yeah, that's going that's a good way one. back. Yeah, that's another. Uh, what's his name? God damn! Why can't I think of his name? From the thing, Mark. Mark Hamill. No, from the thing and. Oh my God! Why can't I think? Kurt of... Russell. Kurt Russell. Thank you, God. I was going insane. He also did no another problem. great movie that's vastly underrated. Uh, Death Becomes Her. I wouldn't saw that. That's a good movie. I like that one. He gets no credit at all. He did uh, Romancing the Stone. He did. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I love Romancing the Stone. That's a good one. I do. You know who's in that? This guy's fucking brother. <laughs> fucking Douglas. Yeah. That's probably how the connection was made. Yeah, he also did uh, Beowulf and... Uh, Ooh, Beowulf is rough, though. What's that cartoon with, the, with Tom Hanks, with the train, the Christmas train? What the fuck oh, is that movie? God. Um, Polar Express. Polar Express, there we go. Okay, I have this never seen old. that. I will never this see it. This is conversation with old guys at night. What's the movie with the guy? You know, he's in that... Thing that movie with that guy, you know. Oh, Fuck it. <laughs> he directed uh, What Lies Beneath as well, which is another movie I watched. And in 15 minutes in the movie, I go, this is what's going on. So I had to sit there for another two hours while I watched what I predicted happened. And I was like, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. Harrison Ford is not an actor. Why is he in this movie? No, he really isn't. You know, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I just recently got done rewatching all of the Raiders movies, you know, the Indiana Jones movies. And... He's so lucky that he had that fucking role because literally everything else that I've seen Harrison Ford in, he's not a good actor. He was in a movie that was directed to look like a high budget throwback to serials. You know what I mean? It's like, I know that Spielberg thought he was Humphrey Bogart. He's not. 
He's in two movie series that are like that. Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Star Wars were made to be exactly the same thing. They were throwback serial movies. He's great for those, but those do not require good actors. So he's in six movies in two series. He's also in Apocalypse Now, which he's pretty good in, but he's only in a few minutes of it. Yes. He tries. Everything else he's ever done, he seems just like a oh, the fugitive. It's the okay. action guy, yeah. The fugitive, you can't really give him credit no. for that one either. Because that's Tommy Lee Jones carrying that movie on his back like a backpack. Yeah, the fugitive's all right. I like the fugitive. Uh, I but do too. I don't like... Here's a couple actors I feel the same way about. Uh, Bruce Willis, Tom Cruise, where I go, they choose good movies, but I don't go... Oh, that that Tom Cruise movie was great. I go, that movie was great. Oh, also Tom Cruise is in it. Like, Fun fact about uh, Tom Selleck is uh, Tom Selleck was originally supposed to be Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones yeah. And then Marion was supposed to be Sean Young from Blade Runner and Ace Ventura. I'm glad that those two didn't become Indiana Jones and Marion because I actually like Karen yep, yep. Allen quite a bit. And I, I can't see anybody else doing that. Karen Allen does a really fucking good job in uh, Raiders. And yep. in the fourth one, she's, she's just trying. happy to be there. She's just happy to be there. there it, she, she's like, it's, it's kind of like John Hurt being in that episode. Totally fucking unnecessary. Yeah. But anyway, let's... let's uh, <laughs> yep. Back to <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> we don't have to go all the way back to Tales from the Crypt. We're talking about Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Um, I just yeah. pulled up his IMDb. Okay. He yeah, also directed man. a yeah. bunch of movies I haven't seen. The Walk... Uh, Flight, A Christmas Carol, Castaway, which I have seen and do enjoy. That is a good movie. That's a good um, movie, yep. And then he did uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. And his newest movie I really actually do want to watch from two years ago, Welcome to Marwin. That looks pretty good. I heard things about that one. You might want to be careful. I don't care. I still want to watch it. I enjoy it. You, you and you will, and nobody will stop you. Yeah, um, I don't give a shit what anyone else thinks. Did you see if uh, okay producer credit? Who framed Roger Rabbit too? Yeah. is that really going to be a thing? Probably not. Fuck. Probably not. Oh, jeez. Oh, he also directed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Now that you bring yep, it up, but. that's also a good one. But uh, it's good, not great. That's that's one where you should say that would be a good good movie for Never Go Back. Yep. Were you watching Probably it? Probably not as good as we remember. I watched it four or five years ago and I went, oh. Like, Christopher Lloyd's good in it, but other than that, it's fucking. Bob Costas just doesn't want to be there. He wants to be drunk. And he probably Since is. This show, this show is new to the channel. I should probably preface it by there are things that you remember as a kid. They're fucking awesome. They're great because you remember them as a kid. There's a thing. Nostalgia's but a bitch. But have you watched it recently? <laughs> yeah. Goonies. Doesn't, oh. doesn't hold up. Does not hold up. Do you realize that in Goonies, all they do is scream over top of each other through yes. the entire fucking movie, and you can't make out anything that uh, anybody's saying? There's a lot of 80s movies with children where they just scream over each other, and then you watch Stranger Things, and they're like, we're going for an 80s callback. Nostalgia. Do you realize that, that this stream is going to get 15 thumbs down because I said I don't like Goonies? And I don't fucking care. I, I, people just uh, go on and on about how great Goonies is. And I'm like, here's, have you watched it recently? Well, really? Richard Donner directed Goonies. He also <sighs> produced Tales from the Crypt, so this is relevant. Yeah. So he, Richard Donner, knew kids. He, he, those kids, and he just kind of went, here's a script, here's a loose script. Go ahead and yell over each other like real <sighs> kids do. Nowadays, like Stranger Things is trying to do an 80s flashback to Goonies and things like that, but the kids are all sarcastic and witty, and Goonies are just like, ah, 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 and they're yelling over each other, and they're swearing, and it's very realistic. But It's like everybody ate a bowl of sugar and action. Yeah. You know? And then Corey, Hain, or Corey Feldman was, ah, 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 this guy touched me, this guy touched me, oh God, oh, oh you're going to be my angel. I'm like, this guy touched me, this guy touched me, oh God, Hollywood, oh, oh, oh. my website's going to crash. <laughs> that was a deep cut right there, and I love it. There was like 15 different references right there. But <laughs> let's get scientists are going to be dissecting that <laughs> yeah. right there, trying to peel it apart. Like, holy shit, that guy went meta. Yeah, Corey Corey Feldman has something going on. Uh, Fuck you, Corey Feldman. Fuck yeah. you, buddy. Seriously. 
How about you wait till you're 45 and then you start talking about all this shit? Yeah, start, now start when throwing you're... shit on start throwing shit on people that can't defend themselves. Exactly. Fuck you wait till Michael's dead, you wait till Corham is dead, and you're just like, I'm gonna talk about everybody that's dead. And then host the whole thing on pay-per-view. Hmm. And can I just say a pay-per-view on his website? <laughs> which which website. fucking crashed and got hacked immediately. In real time while he's he's live streaming it gets hacked <laughs> in real time. That's fucking incredible, but not the point. Point is, I forgot where the fuck we're going with this. Are we talking about Corey Feldman? Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> uh, fuck Corey Feldman. Yeah, fuck I just, I, Stop making music. That's where I was going to go. Stop making music. You fucking suck at it. You're fucking oh, embarrassing. Man. I don't even care if, you're, if you don't care that you're not embarrassing yourself, if you don't feel shame. I get it. I feel that same way. But please, I'm also saying please stop. Please just there's stop a, making there's music. There's a fine line between don't give up and find something else. Okay. Your career should hang itself in the in the driveway, some like below the basketball hoop above your garage. Like do that so everyone sees sh- it. Uh, if you could get a job selling shake weights or something, I think you'd have it made. You know, like uh, the infomercial circuit maybe might save him. I just don't. How do you? Can you imagine the living hell of being Corey Feldman? I really do agree. The kids had a rough life. <laughs> like I really think that's true. But also at the same time, I'm like, shut the fuck up about it and stop making music. Those two things, and then you fuck off to where the fuck you need to go. You know, he did an episode of Marriage Boot Camp, and he had the audacity to complain about that show being bad. I'm like, dude, have you seen any of your music videos ever? I show them people to get them to talk, okay? Like, it's a medieval torture device. Yeah, the, the video where he's walking around his house and like Sean Aston's in there with a map. <laughs> I know which one you're talking about. We're doing a Goonies throwback. You get it? Anyway, put on my it's glove for Exti- extinction, extinction millennium yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Ascension millennium. That's Ascension millennium. Song. And he also did a, a, a <laughs> video, a live video on I forget what the fuck show it was, but it was embarrassing. So the one where he's dancing, something about trust. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like showing that to people, and then they get angry at me, and they block me on Facebook. Show that to the girlfriend instead of Tales from the Crypt, and she goes, what the fuck <laughs> are you showing me? She's like, "Why are you sh- what, what are you showing me? It was like I assaulted her. <laughs> like, she has to go Next to therapy you know, now. She's, she's packing up her shit and taking your keys off of her ring and throwing them <laughs> on the counter. That's the last you ever saw of her. She's like, oh, it's like, fuck you, Corey Feldman. The breakup note just says, well, the reasons are like, you're an asshole, number two. Corey Feldman, and then the rest is like just a signature from her. And I'm like, I, I get it. Yeah. Can't argue with those reasons. I get it. You'll never watch Lost Boys the same way ever again. I'll never watch Lost Boys again. <laughs> I'm already there. I, it's an okay movie. That's a movie where I watch, I go, you should never go back. <laughs> I don't get it. I just... <laughs> the saxophone guy? No, thank you. So... I guess we're done with the Tales in the Crypt episode, right? We're at fifty-three minutes. <laughs> we're 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 just we're in utter shock that this was actually good. That the yeah. effort was put into this. Uh, definitely a budget. I don't know how they got the funding for this, but it was worth it. And uh, I'm hoping that there are others like this out there. And and if you're watching this for the first time and you've seen Tales from the the Crypt, and you know that there's an episode as good as this one, please tell us which one it is. Yeah, this yeah. is the yellow. This is the. You should put one. like a little star on that one. I'm gonna throw it away, but <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're I, I throw them away when I'm done. I don't save just, them just, like just a weirdo. Just smoke it, whatever. Yeah, smoke the ink and the dye that's in the <laughs> cardboard. Um, but I'm yeah, sure it won't hurt you. Yeah. Let's say a uh, great episode. We've we've done 11 episodes of this. Adam has been on most of them. The only ones I've done by myself are the cartoon episodes. Um, and this is the first. Really good episode. I would recommend watching. Go ahead and watch this episode. Probably should have said it at the beginning so you don't get it spoiled. But yeah. even if it was spoiled for me, I still would have enjoyed it because it was... Yeah. It, it, uh, watching Knowing how the story unfolds isn't going to like sour the uh, the experience for you. I really yeah. don't think so. I, I, I don't... It, it's Yeah. I don't look at what the plot's about. Like Before we started recording, I went and I go, oh, it's directed by Zemeckis and it stars this these people. And I didn't look at the plot because I don't want to know. I want to, the purpose of this show, unlike the Twilight Zone show that we do, which we're doing right after this, is I want to go in blind and be caught off guard either one way 
you know, great or bad, which is where 10 out of 11 have been bad, where I want to be surprised one way or the other, and I want to be like, oh, wow, this is what the Twilight Zone or, or, or Tales from the Crypt is, or, or oh, Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, remember we were thinking that we were all excited because Halfway Horrible had Clancy Brown, it had Martin Cove, who plays, you know, uh, uh, Crease from the Karate Kid, you know, the, the Cobra Kai leader. Yeah. And uh, it had um, Charles Martin Smith, who plays the guy with the glasses and the pipe from the uh, Untouchables. That's where you might know him from. Or you might remember him as the FBI guy from Starman. So here's a show that's, you know, Clancy Brown, full of all these fantastic actors. Clancy Keith Brown. Aaron was in it. Yeah. With Still not good. From, from Shawshank, which the director of this fucking episode beat with that fucking movie. <laughs> I'll never forgive the Academy for. I hated that that decision so much. I created a thing on LAWstudios.com where it's called like I forget what it says on the website. It's one of the few things on there. It's not a show related where it's like the uh, best picture winners or something like that. Like LAW favorite movies or something like that. Where I pick a best winner for every year going back to the 30s or 20s because of the fucking Academy choosing, I'll say it, Forrest Gump in 1994 over Shawshank Redemption. I, I feel you, man. Forrest Gump's a novelty you. movie at best. It's good. The, the, the Academy specializes in disappointing fellows like us. We'll just leave <clears> it at that. So if you want to check out what movies I think are the best for every single year, go ahead and go to LAWCDs.com. But let's, Adam, let's choose next week's episode that we'll oh, review here. Unless it's a cartoon, in which case I'll do it on my own. But then at the end of that cartoon episode, I'll review what we're going to do live next week, and we'll announce it on our different channels. Or if you choose the cartoon, we could always just say 62 since you never found the fucking ball. So you know, we could always go that route. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. lie. I don't lie. Yeah. I'm not a liar. No, well, but let's... You have no reason to lie. Why would you lie about something like that? You, you lie about shooting the Germans with a six-shooter. All 12 Germans with six bullets. Exactly. That's what you lie about. So let's, let's, I'm drawing the episode now, live on camera. And then we'll talk about uh, what we drew. And then you want to do your... Uh, uh-oh, I dropped the ball right away. This is uh, how now you'll never find that one. Found it. <laughs> oh, hey, saved it. All right. <laughs> All right. I haven't looked what it is yet. It is 063, which is one after the one I lost. <laughs> no, that's fucking creepy. Okay. So go ahead and do your plugs if, oh, for my I'm not podcast. Plug anything. This is my channel. Yeah. Do, this, this is, is for my podcast, though. Go ahead and do your plugs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can find me on uh, com. On uh, uh, Twitter, on Raiders underscore OTLF. Uh, I review bad movies and pop culture-related news. Uh, I also have a live Friday show where we watch bad movies and live where you can watch them with us, and then we review them directly afterwards. So check that out. Frank was right. He says $10 Phoenix drops this ball. Well, this ball's got to drop someday. I mean, you know, puberty sometimes hits some people later than others. It's okay. I caught it, though. Um, anyway, I prefer people before they get to puberty, but so tomorrow or next week's episode is going to be, this is interesting. Season seven, the last season, seven Oh five horror in the night. It's a horror with an H, not a W unfortunately. So season sometimes s- they have boobies, but sometimes it doesn't even fucking matter if they have boobies. Boobies can't save everything. Here's the best compliment I can give this episode. We watched it. I wasn't looking for swearing or nudity or gore. I was just invested for 40 solid minutes going, what's going to happen next? Oh, this is probably what's going to happen. But I still want to watch that happen. And then it happened and we go, that was fucking awesome. The way they did it. Zemeckis fucking killed this episode. That is, I love this episode. I want to watch it it again. It had just enough gore in it but it was not designed to be a horror episode by, by any stretch of the means. It was just a very well-crafted episode that could have been made for any fucking TV show. It just happened to wind up on Tales from the Crypt. I yeah. mentioned during our commentary, it feels more like a Twilight Zone episode than, yes. than Tales from the Crypt. If This is a solid Twilight Zone episode. Really is. I, I really did love it. But So next week, 7.05 Horror in the Night. I know nothing about it. <laughs> I made a poster for it. I have no idea. Uh, we'll find out what that is when I get there. But let's. Uh, any other parting words? Any lessons learned from uh, Yellow? 
it, it uh, I think the, the, the lesson that I learned is when you have a director that has uh, even a modest budget and gives a shit and gets everybody on board, you get stuff like this. We don't get enough stuff like this anymore. We need to. And, you know, something else I'll throw in there is a plug that's kind of related to this. I was watching all the extras on the, uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark Blu-ray, okay? And George Lucas, who wrote that story, wanted to write a throwback, a throwback movie in 1981 to the old serials, yeah. which is how I came up with Star Wars. He says, and I quote, they don't make movies like this anymore. When I grew up in the 80s, I didn't think movies would ever get bad. I thought everything would just constantly get better and better and better and better. I didn't realize I grew up in the golden age of film. But that is proof that sometimes you can go back and make something new and make it work. Yeah. You have to have somebody that has the talent to do it, though. This feel- Zemeckis is one of those guys. Yeah, I, I like Zemeckis. I have a love-hate with him. I want to say I want to have a love... I have a love... Eh relationship with him i don't hate anything he's done i just some of his projects like he does for kids and i'm like eh. i'm like, the same way with spielberg man. i was just like, gonna say a, that there's a lot of stuff i like by spielberg and then there's always lincoln you know and it's like you know whatever i, I haven't seen a spielberg movie i swore off him since indiana jones 4 i was in the theater <laughs> and i went i'm done with him and i literally haven't <laughs> seen another movie of his since 2008 and i stuck by it and i'm very proud of that yeah. Although There's a I lot do... of his movies that I did not watch, and I just not really in a big hurry to watch them because a lot of them are just topics that don't really interest me. So. All of his newest Tom Hanks movies, I'm like, oh, that looks boring as shit. No, yeah. I love Tom Hanks. I love you, but no, I'm done. 2008, last. Like, I want to watch Ready Player One, but I, I swore off him. What am I going to do? Yeah, I watched it. It's okay. It's all right. It's very, very middle of the road movie. Okay, I'm not missing anything. And I don't want to watch like fucking BFG or Tintin or any of that bullshit. Like no thank you Spielberg, but it's 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 one of those movies where it's like, "Oh look, pop culture references." Yeah. People get all excited and think they saw something great. Speaking of Back to the Future, that movie. Um uh, but let's just say I do want to mention like I I'd be pissed off if I didn't mention um the Stanley Kubrick movie Paz uh Paz of Glory. Um has Kirk Douglas it's about World War One. Very similar vibes to the, to that movie. You could tell Zemeckis watched that movie and went, "I want to make a Twilight or Tales from the Crypt episode about that." Very similar to that episode to that movie, because that movie is very similar to this episode. I won't give any spoilers, but I'm just going to say very, very, very similar. Check out uh, Paths of Glory uh, from Stanley Kubrick in uh, 1957. It's it's one of his first movies, but it is fucking solid. It is a great movie, and if you like that movie, you'll love this episode, and vice versa. It's it's it fucking stands up. It's a, it's I love character. We mentioned this before. I love character driven pieces. This episode it doesn't matter what, and we we've discussed this too. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It can be a western, a World War II show, a noir film. If it's got very porn. good character development. Porn? Yeah, absolutely. I'll watch a porn if it has great I've characters. I've seen a couple of good ones. I've seen a couple of good ones, believe it or not. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's character driven, like like last night I watched uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and I'd never seen that before. Yeah, that's very character driven. Yeah, good Fucking movie. John Hughes movie. It's great. You know, John Houston. Was he Houston or Hughes? Because or yeah, Houston. You're correct. Yeah, <laughs> John Hughes yeah, is Hughes, a bit different. Hughes is the Breakfast Club guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Houston. I meant to say Houston. It'd be really weird if John Hughes did. <laughs> He has a Houston has a little cameo in it too at the beginning. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a good actor too. Yeah. Uh, but check out that honestly, check out that movie. It's from 1957. But if you're listening to this show, you're into the older stuff. So mm-hmm. go ahead and check out that movie. It holds up. It's really fucking good. It's one of my favorite Kubrick movies. Honestly, it's very underrated. Nobody ever talks about that as a Kubrick movie because it's pre him being a perfectionist. But it still has that like. He'll be Kirk Douglas is walking down the trenches and you still have that like centered in the middle Kirk Douglas and the cameras, you know, dialing back and it's still fuck. It looks like a Kubrick movie. And now that you just described that scene, I think I know that movie now. I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips from it's good. it. Good. Yeah. I had, really I fucking good. It. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Um, you already did your plugs, right? You're finished there. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And this, again, this is just for the podcast, not for the YouTube feed, but 
for me, uh, LIWstudios.com. Check out the different shows. Check out the podcasts on there, different video shows as well. Also, Loitering in Wonderland on YouTube. And LAW Studios on Twitter, LAW the TZ Review. For Frank, go to Way Off Topic Radio, search for that podcast, and go to uh, reddragonsradio.com. And Frank's not here, obviously, but I'll do his plugs because he's in the chat. He's listening. In, in remembrance so, of Frank. Yeah, RIP. So um, next, next week we're doing 705 Horror in the Night. Um, nothing else I want to say, really. I learned that uh, sometimes your sons are dicks and you should shoot them in the chest twice. That's what I learned. Lie to them first and then do it. Yeah. That is a that is a badass power move, right? If you want your kids to do what you want them to do, fucking lie to them. This is a good time. I real quick, I love power moves. Like I, whenever I watch a movie, my me and my girlfriend are watching a movie, I sit there and I go, "That's a fucking power move," and she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> like I get like a mental hard on when I'm like, I will never do that, but that's why I like it because I'm like. Oh, that is a manly fucking move. Like, so you enjoy that movie, A Few Good Men, because there's some power moves in that one too. That's that movie's more of a dick me- dick measuring contest. I like when it's a power <laughs> move. Like, uh, like we were she was watching some stupid show that she even she hated called uh, You, with the guy from uh, Gossip Girl, and he's like a weird stalker, and he's trying to get this girl to fall in love with him. She eventually does, but one of her friends goes, she hands her something, she. So the, the, the hoity-toity friend hands the main character something, and the main character grabs it, and she goes, oh, no reason to thank me. And the friend's like, oh, okay. And I was like, that's a fucking power move. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would you say that? There was no reason to thank you, because you gave, what? She didn't ask for it. <laughs> like, it makes more sense when you watch it, obviously, but I'm like, that was a fucking power move right there. That is, that is cold. I love that sort of shit. But... <laughs> Anyway, um, until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. I'm Adam Wilcox. So long, citizens.